Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. It is a Monday edition of Flyers Daily, and that means Mondays with Melter. And Flyers Daily presented by Ticketmaster. Make more memories live, and we're hoping tonight it's Flyers Pens Game 2 of the Home and Home. We're hoping for lots of Flyer goals, which means, well, sometimes it means lots of assists and lots of donations with the Flyers and Pen Medicine Pen Medicine Assist, which means every Flyers assist this season, Flyers and Pen Medicine donate 30 pounds of food to local communities in need and a great time of year to do it. But joining us in this episode, we're going to look at the Pen game tonight. We'll get the Pens game from the other night. Look at the week that was, the week that is, and much more from PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, NHL.com, and HockeyBuzz.com. It is Bill Meltzer. Bill, how are you? I'm doing well. And, and, and speaking of assists, and we'll talk about them in a minute, um, how about, how about those two passes uh, by Tyson Forster in a spring couple gorgeous breakaway goals this weekend and much needed too for the yeah. club. I think it's a part of his game bill that maybe we underrate a little bit because he springs so. connect me on the one in the second period. They had the long change connect me comes on kind of reads the play and reads. Okay. I don't need to come all the way back because possession is in question. So he kind of hangs out a little bit at the far blue line forcer bombs him a beauty and he goes in and scores on the breakaway. And then Owen Tippett in successive shifts gets breakaways and on the second one, he opts to keep it backhand, does a little flick of the wrist, and he's able to beat Tristan Jari. And that was a big goal in that game. Two great assists from Tyson Forrester. Yeah, and, and I said, I mean, he's known as a shooter. But those yeah. were those are two tremendous setups for him to, to spring teammates. You know, how many – I mean, first of all, I was alert to, to see, uh, particularly particularly one with Konecki, to, to see him down ice. Yep. Um, and secondly, how many times when a guy – you see someone down the ice – does he fire an errant pass? Yeah. You know, he he uh, he hurries it or whatever. I mean, th- these are just these are just darts right tape to tape. They, they they were beautiful. Yeah, I think the one with Tippett's a little easier because he's exiting the zone yeah. and he's kind of in his yeah. vision. But Konechny is, I think, so far out of it. I I think Konechny probably chirped a little bit too, letting him know he was there. But the awareness yeah. to hear it, process it, and get the puck to the target was. Yeah, dead on perfect. He's also scoring now a little bit, Bill. He's got four goals on the season, and he gets a power play marker. Are we starting to see uh, kind of the player just kind of release with a lot of the pressure coming with, uh, you know, being a scorer, kind of alleviating on him? I, I, I think without a doubt that's the case. You know, um, obviously the two goals uh, against uh, the Devils, one of which was credited him to the next day, but both both yeah. of them were deflection goals. So those are – you know, and, and obviously both very, very, very timely. Flyers wouldn't have gotten a point out of that game. We've got nothing out of it if uh, if not for the two goals by Forrester. Um, and then you go to Saturday's game, and during the during the first period power play, um, he had a, a power play chance from the top of the left circle. Um, it was a cross-ice pass to him. Um, quick shot, barely, barely missed. I mean, Jari made a really good save on it um you know and i think before and if it wouldn't have been for him kind of breaking loose the two goals of previous game might have tightened up the next time that situation arose yeah he, he had a, he had a similar chance in the third period and that time what what a beautiful shot that was too just just uh great shot the great snap you know the snap of the wrists and it, it's in the net i mean you know the next time we came around he did not miss that was uh great great to see Bill, Bill, in the Devil game, too, I think it's the first power play goal they score in that game. And, you know, it's a quick cross pass to Tyson Forster. He just doesn't think, bombs it. Puck ends up loose, ends up back. 
Uh, I think DeForster again, who gets it right to York, who doesn't choke the play out. He just bombs it to the net again, and then they get the goal. I, I think the biggest key for their power play right now is just being decisive that, okay, it's okay. It doesn't have to be this beautiful, you know, uh, Picasso of a play in hockey to score on the power play. You can keep it kind of meat and potatoes, and that's going to be the way they're going to have to do it on the power play. No, for sure. And getting getting that shot from the point on the net um, ended up being Frost's goal on the rebound. Um, and then the, you know, the, the Forster – deflections i mean you and uh, and of course that that's a that's a power play it was a six on four but it's a power play yep. um you know just uh a shot from the point deflectable low you know you, you get get someone get the tip and it goes in i mean the, the you know, those count just the same um for sure for sure hitting the net from the flank i mean the flyers need that ability from the flank getting getting more pucks and not, you know it doesn't have to be doesn't have to be anything fancy just get it on the net and then you know, good things will happen. So many times they, you know, they they've actually had decent possession time, a lot of power plays this year. But it's it's just endlessly worked around the perimeter with nobody wanting to shoot it, and and nothing, you know, nothing dangerous resulting from it. I mean, just just that shooting mentality is a big reason why they have three power play goals in, in the last two games. Bill, Bill, I think it's as simple as this: that. You know, if you just get that shot to the net on the first one, all of a sudden the predictability of a power play goes out the window because everything is now flying by the seat of the pants. Yeah. And predictability, we know, is the enemy of offense in sports. If you're predictable, you play into the defense. If you're not, then they're chasing you and you're at a much bigger advantage in that situation. Let's go back to the frost power play goal. Because yeah. on that on that power play goal, there was so much I liked about it. I liked the decisiveness and how quick it was and that York gets that shot to the net. But I, I see Frost and I see two other guys. As soon as it recoils and the shot comes, they both loop and go right back to that. During the intermission, I said it was it reminded me of that scene in Jaws when Quint and they're all drinking on the boat and Quint says, you know, 40, 148 men went in the water that night, and then the Sharks came cruising, right? And that was all the Flyer players cruising to the yeah. net. And then if it wasn't Frost, the rebound was going to be somewhere else, and another guy was going to be able to pound yeah. it home. But that's a fundamental magnification to the crease, and it paid off. Oh, no no question. No question. And, I mean, it, it, it's something that – and also, Konechny made a nice little play on there, too. He did. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I think that that, that kind of gets lost in that whole sequence. I, I it's uh, just those little subtle plays sometimes, but certainly, certainly the, you know, circling back and going to the net and actually um, obviously it didn't count for anything. Right. But I'm talking, I was like the end of the second period on Saturday, um, you know, the puck goes back to the point and it's uh, just being shot as the, as time expires. You know, but Frost is just circled back in front again, and he tipped the time had already expired. He tipped it in. The Penguins didn't like it. Too bad, right? Too yeah. bad. I, I'd actually I said I'd actually like to see Frost do a little bit more of that because it got under their skin. It's know? a little bit of bite, right? Yeah, a little, little bite. I, I I like to see that. You know. Yeah. Um. But just just the you know, <laughs> and, and the funny thing is, and I know you're a goalie, but no nobody ever. Nobody ever chirps when the goalie stops one that, that ends up on the net after after the buzzer. So, you know, it, it doesn't bother you too much if someone knocks one in right after the buzzer, too. Yeah, but, um, turn around, fair play. 
Yeah, <laughs> but but uh, yeah, but but anyway, it, it was that same mentality because he was circling back to the net. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, you know, and the other thing too is when you when you use the middle a little bit more, guys, you know, guys are getting to the net. Um, you know, it, it just opens up a lot for you, and it um, you know, when the Flyers had that game some games back uh, where they had the two power play. It was actually, actually when Forster scored his first goal. Now they were self-made puck luck, but one was a, you know, one was a block shot that ended up, I was like, it was like these connecting stick and the other one bounced off the end boards out in front to um, the Forster. And uh, you know, so you make your own luck with some of that, but these were, these were, you know, the power play goals you can replicate a little easier because you can't replicate a bounce. Right. Yeah. But uh, but but these kind of plays are, are things that you can can use to improve upon. So that that was an encouraging sign. Yeah, I think you can really mess up mess a team's you know box and one or however they're going to play their PK. You know, a diamond if you can get to the middle once in a while because now they have to that diamond or that box has to become a little smaller and it gives yeah. you more room to operate on the outside, which lets you then work around you know, the outside passes and eventually open up that inside seam pass for a good cross ice play as well. Um, so, so the power play is all fixed. We don't have to worry about that again. There's the year. Yeah. That's good. Um, uh, <laughs> you know, one of the things though, too, Bill, um, the game that Sam Harrison plays. And again, I was just so impressed. First of all, your thoughts on why he got the game. I think that he got the game because he of the performance against the Islanders. I think they decided to get him back in there. It's not because Hart, he's playing better than Harder. I don't think it's anything to do with that. I think it was reward for the game he played against the Islanders, though. And, you know, maybe it does change the rotation in a three games for Carter, one to Sam, and it doesn't have to be a disadvantageous back-to-back or third and four nights. No, for sure. For sure. That was uh... – you know, it, it was in its own way kind of a bold choice. Erickson uh, had given them, you know, several good starts in a row, not just the shutout. I, I, I thought, you know, I thought a start before that where he didn't see necessarily as many shots, but they, the ones he saw were hard shots. Uh, I thought that was a, against, you know, the, the game against Columbus. I, I thought that was actually kind of one of those tough games for a goalie. And you know, this this game again, this game on um, on Saturday against the Penguins, the, at least by the, the by the official stats, as as natural stature kept them, you know the Penguins were held without a high danger chance for forty minutes. They didn't have yeah. they didn't have one in the first two periods and three shots in the first. That was and it. Three shot, yeah, and, and then goalie. and then the third period in overtime, he's under siege. Yeah, and, and that those could be the hardest games too for a goalie, where you see almost nothing, and then all of a sudden you're you know under fire and. You know, and you had two that got past you that no goalie's going to stop because they're totally, you know, those were just talk about lucky bounces. Those are unlucky bounces. Yeah, the Sandheim one that tips off the Latang shot, and then the one that Gensel scores to tie it. Goes, yeah, goes off his skate. Did you think it was a kick? I thought it was borderline. I it was close. a push. I don't know if I would deem it kick, but yeah. the push, the push with the skate was also in the crease. Yeah, but he's also a tangle with a fire player there too. Uh, yeah, um, I, I, yeah. I mean, it, it's not even it's not a play you can challenge anyway. It wasn't goalie interference, yeah. Yeah. so it has to be called from the ice that it was kicked. But but it looked like he it looked like there was some intent in directing it in with his foot though. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you on that. I, I was actually you know watching it in the studio. and I'm going, well, was that a kick? I don't know if I call it a kick, yeah. but there was definitely intent. You know, yeah. but um, all's well that ends well. Um, Bill, why is he so good in the shootout? It's my theory that 
just like anything else in sports, certain guys are good in certain things. And yeah. to me, his style of goaltending, um, first of all, sheds an air of confidence and a sh- oh, I almost said a bad word, a whole bleep load of patience because <laughs> that's what he shows in these shootouts. He does not fall for any of the gyrations, the shoulders, the all the histrionics with the stick or the hips or the feet or anything. Yeah, he just stays down on the puck, stays patient. And not only does he make the saves, but he looks makes them look for the most part rather easy and pedestrian. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that, that's just it, right? He he um, he has a, he doesn't blink first. Yeah, that, that's uh, you know, and if you don't blink first, then the advantage severely shifts to the goalie, as you know. Yep. Big um, you know, if, if the goalie commits early, then the advantage shifts to the shooter. But if the goalie doesn't blink, then all of a sudden it's almost a desperation thing for for the shooter at that point. Um, so I, I think he really he's really good at, at waiting out the shooters. Um, guys have guys have tried a, a couple times with uh, you know to try to either overpower him or they haven't done that. Yeah. Or or a quick release. Um, how, how about that glove save on Crosby? That was oh. uh, that was uh, yeah that that was that was done with emphasis. That was a great save. Yeah, and, and the thing about him too, he I'm going to ask him about this at practice um, before after the morning skate this morning. Um, but he must have been good at shootouts, you know, coming up through all levels because you just see a guy that when the guy grabs hold of the puck and starts to come in, he comes out, he takes a lot of ice yeah. and he flows with it beautifully. Guys that don't come out and take a lot of ice to me are nervous in the shootout. They're waiting for the guy to come in and make a move and, and hoping to make a save. He's coming out and saying, I'm going to make myself huge and I'll just come back with you and I'm not going to fall for any of your crap and I'm yeah. just going to make the save. And it's just, it's unbelievable, you know, that he's been in two shootouts and he has not given up a goal. And I think seven attempts yeah. were four against the Islanders and then three against Pittsburgh. And they're not sending in chopped liver here in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Like you're getting some legit, absolutely NHL peak performer shootout guy. And maybe not TB, be TJ Oshie, but damn, it's close. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can get Crosby and Gensel. And, yeah. You know, and, and Rust is a guy who can score too. It's, yeah. You know, that was, uh, yeah. So it's, you know, certainly, certainly facing high caliber, high caliber shooters. Um, question for you. Um, now, Couturier um, has had a, uh, a penalty shot and two shootout attempts. All three times he's used the uh, Marty San Luis move. So yeah. there was no, there's no element of surprise on it anymore. Um, it almost looked like Sorokin knew it was coming when they, yep. you know, but, um, but it's still, it's even if you know it's coming, it's hard to stop because he's, he turns his back, he's on the backhand, and he does that quick turn, pulls mm-hmm. his forehand, and, and uh, you know, and just his execute. But, the, you know, as a goalie, how, you know how do you how do you approach it as the shooter turns his back? You know he's going to turn. You know he's going to turn around. She's, I don't know that I've ever had to deal with it, but it's it's incredibly bizarre. And I think the thing that the the goalie has to do is he has to respect a different release point of it, or maybe he doesn't even flip it around and go to the forehand, and he just tries to backhand it. So if you start cheating, you may die. Like he'll get you that way. There's a lot of, there can be a lot of variance to it. And I think if he's going to continue to use it, he's got to show some variance to put it on tape so that goalies see it. And then it really gets them guessing again. Um, But it is an interesting, you don't see a lot of guys try it. No. Um, And and I I do wonder how difficult it is to pull off because it's got to be a quick pull to snap really quickly. If you're going to, 
be successful with it. And that snap's got to be very accurate. But yeah, I think it's, it's an interesting. Like when a guy shows you his back, it takes a lot of information away from the goalie. Because the goalie's just, look, a goalie's just a computer, right? The goalie's head is just computing all of the different elements of what you're showing and what a shooter's showing him. Like he's going, okay, is he right handed, left handed? That's the most pedestrian element. Where's the puck in relation to his feet? Where's the puck in relationship to his body? Where's the puck on the blade of his stick? How are his shoulders turned? Are they flat? Are they pointing directly at me? Are they closed? They open. That gives you all hips, same thing. It all gives you a ton of information. You're just computing it all um, because goalies can't react to the speed of the puck coming off the stick to where it's going. A lot of times they're in full save while the puck is still being pulled <laughs> from the shooter. Right. They're already in motion. So uh, it's just a supercomputer. So I, I don't know how that one is to read. I'll have to, I'll have to ask maybe Carter too if he's he's seen Cooch try that in practice and what challenges does it present to him. But it, it is an interesting move. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Bill, they're, they're going to get the Penguins again tonight. And I, th- I like these home and homes because I believe, A, the first part of the home and home, the team knows we're going to face this team twice, so let's set a tone. So there's a little added juice in game one of it. But by game two, by the end of game one, you're starting to see calling cards. And then by game two, there is definitely some scar tissue. And I think we're going to see that tonight. And it's great to have these games that mean something, not only to the fire, but both teams. These games are meaningful right now at this point in the season. Both these teams are playing for something. Yeah, it's only the about the quarter mark, but this is an important game for the Penguins tonight, and it's an important game for the Flyers. No, for, for sure. And the similarity of the records speak to that, too. Yeah. Um, you know, it's uh, they've kind of they've kind of had very similar seasons in, in a lot of ways. Um, now the you know the Flyers, as as we all know, have had trouble scoring at times, but so so the Penguins. Penguins have actually gotten really good goaltending, and, and uh, you know have been better than I thought. I thought the team goals against would be higher. Actually, coming in, they, they had Carlson, yep. you know, etc. I thought that might kind of. Yeah, he's not going to help you defensively. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's out there to help you defensively, but they're they're not giving up a lot of goals. So, yeah, um, you know, in general, generally speaking, but they're they're having trouble scoring. They're they're even before the Flyers' uh, power play goal uh, you know, last game. Um, actually, the Penguins ranked behind the Flyers on, yeah. on the power play, but the Penguins' penalty kill, as good as the Flyers have been, the Penguins are even a spot or two higher than the, the Flyers. So it's kind of been very similar strengths and weaknesses. Um, you know, the Penguins still, as, as everybody knows, they're one of the oldest teams. Are the oldest team? Not even one of them. They are the oldest team. Almost thirty. <laughs> yeah, for you know, and and uh, still very reliant on, on Sidney Crosby. I'll add though that you can look up and down the NHL, and you can look at how consistent Jake Gensel has been. Yeah, and just he he almost he, he gets almost a point every single game. Yeah. Um, I, I think I, I looked it up for the uh, five things preview that, that I'll be finishing up later later today and it'll run on the um, PhiladelphiaFlyers.com. Um, it, it's something like he has points in 14 of his last 16 games. Yeah, I mean, just shocking. Just just a consistency level. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, that's <laughs> it's pretty impressive. Yeah, one of the things I look at with the Penguins, I was talking to Bundy about this in pregame on Saturday, is, you know, I look at the Penguins, I look at the Islanders, for example, they're minus nine in goal differential. And I look at the Penguins, they're plus 11. Yeah. And I look at that, I mean, it's the second highest in the division. Only the Rangers at plus 20 or higher. They have a better goal differential than the Canes, too. That tells me that's a team that may be better than their record right now. 
Uh, there's only four teams of the eight in the division. Plus, it's the uh, the Rangers at plus twenty, the Penguins at plus eleven, uh, the Canes at plus six, the Flyers at plus three. Everybody else is minus, including the Caps at minus seven. I look at them and I go, they're in third spot. That could be a team that really hits hits their yeah. head on the wall here real quick. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. I mean, those are those are the kind of trends that you absolutely look for, and quite often it's teams with uh, that are not they're not giving up a ton of goals, especially, you know, I mean, the, the PK is solid and also they're not giving up a ton of five on five goals. So they're in games. And then, then you'll get some guys that'll, I mean, they'll have guys that they're not, they're not as deep, nearly as deep as they used to be. That's the biggest difference between the pens now and a few years ago, besides, you know, the fact that their key players are all a few years older, but they, they don't, they don't have as many ways to beat you uh, as they did in the past. But still, I mean, the, the Penguins still have enough elements in the team that you have to take them seriously. And they stay around in games. They do not they do not get blown out. So um, you get in a situation where, you know, I mean, the Saturday's game was scoreless for the first 24 minutes. The Penguins hardly had a shot on goal. Then all of a sudden, you know, the, you, you, get a, you get puck lock. I mean, the Flyers turn one over and a, a foul clear. Then a, a block shot ends up in, you know, in your own net. Um, you know, and a lot of times that the, especially with the Flyers this season, I mean, this was their first win in a game where they had to play from behind. Yeah. So th- thankfully that monkey's off their back, Yeah. but, uh, but still, I mean, you, you know, you never, you never want to play from behind and, you know, the Penguins have been pretty good when they, when they've been ahead. The, the, the problem has been the, you know, their scoring's kind of, it's not spread out enough. Bill, they'll end the uh, eight straight games against the Metropolitan Division tonight at home with that game against the Penguins. And then, you know, I said this on the postgame show the other night. It's not that, you know, this trip coming up with Arizona, Colorado, and Nashville, the games aren't as important. They're just not as important. <laughs> That's just the fact. They're two-point games. They're not four-point games in the standings. Uh, but they are. they will be important games. And, you know, they don't have a ton of home games coming up in this month. They'll see the other conference. You know, we'll get a look at a team like Detroit for the first time and second time this month. Uh, we'll also, you know, Flyers going to head to Vancouver. We'll get a look at the Seattle Kraken and Calgary. So there's some variance in opponent coming up. Uh, but this team right now with where they are in this season, uh, you know, playing meaningful games was something that I, I think you and I even talked about over the summer uh, was something they need to do as long as they can into yeah. this season. And they're 23 games or whatever it is now into the season. And there certainly is a lot of more meaningful games on the register. But games like these games, the one nothing game against the Islanders, I think the 3-1 loss to the Rangers was a very important game for them too. And then obviously the Penguin game, the shootout win is very important. Um, these games can teach the, uh, these players a lot about what it's going to take in the NHL um, in a lot of different situations when it means something both pretty immediate, but especially long-term. I think these are really pivotal for that. Oh, no, no doubt. No doubt. And, and beyond just the meeting and the standings. Yeah. You know, you have, you get a lot of information about your team in these games, not only about your depth, uh, about how, about your resiliency. You know, the, uh, I mean, the Flyers have now had back-to-back divisional games where they've had to, they've had to push back. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, the, so, I mean, that's, uh, that's something critical going forward. Um, now, one thing they're going to have to, they're going to have to show, um, 
You know, they they're gonna have to they're gonna have to close games out better than, than they did uh, against the Penguins last game. I mean, the Flyers are pretty well on their heels, just hoping to hold on the rest of the. And and by the way, when you talk about the, those little details that that are so critical in those games, um, think about how important foul clears were yeah. uh, in the game against the Penguins um, and, and how they lead the goals against. Penguins would not have tied the game. Um, you know, it can happen to any player. I'm not singling out Owen Tippett, but I'm just saying that he couldn't get the puck out of could get the puck out of the defensive zone. He tried to to carry it out. He he turns it over, and the Flyers never got it back again. Yeah, you know. And then next thing you know, it's in your net. Those, those little kind of things when you're protecting a lead, um, you know, getting it out of getting it cleared from the zone, not icing the puck. Yeah, you know, winning those draws. And those defensive zone draws. I mean, uh, that's so. So many of these these games are going to increasingly come down to. And when there's something at stake in those games, you know, you, it, it's that it's that much more important. Um, and I, I mean, the Flyers already know things. For example, that they're not a good faceoff team. Yeah. So, you know, but can they win? Can they win some of those crucial draws? They didn't really didn't really win those. Um, yeah against the penguins but okay if you lose the draw they make the right plays does everybody everybody go the right spots do you you know can you kind of neutralize it and break out um it's just it's just it's different when you're playing the penguins when you're playing arizona even though the two points are two points yeah it's it's that such you if you're going to make the mistake have that happen now in situational hockey yeah um not when it's really going to be it could be catastrophic to you playing another day or another series or whatever it might be um, when you do become a playoff team. Uh, Bill, last thing for you. Um, we've done a thousand. Uh, this is a thousand and two of yeah. these suckers. And there's nobody that's been on this podcast other than me than you. <laughs> <laughs> I've maybe done a thousand and two. Well, I have done a thousand and two, but you've done well over a hundred, I would think at this point. Uh, you know, this podcast, we've kind of flown at the hip with it um there wasn't really any you know i didn't write any kind of thesis on what i thought this podcast should be it just kind of developed as we go and and your weekly segment has been a big part of that and uh i just wanted to thank you for coming on every week because i enjoy our conversations um getting to talk about we geek out a little bit that's all right you know what i mean like yeah like that's fine we we talk about intricate details of strategy and structure and you know, just overall mental elements of the game. And uh, I just wanted to thank you, you know, for coming on every Monday. It's, it's been an absolute pleasure and we're going to keep it going. We got a lot no. more shifts to go. Oh, no, no, for sure. I hope it keeps going and going and going. I mean, I look forward, I look forward to Sunday evenings. You know, we, yeah. record, we record these, of course, uh, for listeners who don't know uh, a day ahead of when they actually, uh, when they actually run. Uh, so I, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, every Sunday I'm always looking forward to our conversations and, uh, you know, a, a thousand shows. I mean, that, that's a that's a lot of content creation, and not a lot of years. You know, yeah. and we've only been doing doing this for a little while, so it's it's absolutely my pleasure. I really enjoy working with you. I think I was adding up um, since I got let go from radio. I was let go in radio on uh, Halloween of 2019, um, and since then, I did some podcasts before that. But since then, between Flyers Daily, you know, Stick to Hockey, and some of the other ones I do, I did an F1 podcast. I had one with my old radio partner, Harry Mays. I think I've done over 1,600 episodes of podcasts, wow. which is, in, I'm like, huh? <laughs> Life after radio is crazy. 
Uh, but it's been an absolute blast and it's insanely liberating. So um, we can talk about hockey the way it should be talked about and the way we want to talk about it. And judging by how it's received, I think the people like it as well. So, Bill, great stuff as always. Rebuilds work at PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, NHL.com, and HockeyBuzz.com. Flyers, Penguins tonight. Could it get any better? We'll see if the Flyers can sweep the home and home. Uh, we'll recap it tomorrow. Join us then on a brand new Flyers Daily.